Hi, I'm Jackie and I'm going to take you through a mini lecture as part of your Communication for Health Professionals course. This presentation is going to focus on communication within and across health professionals. Following this mini lecture, you should be able to understand the pervasive nature of groups, identify common group communication problems, and discuss ways in which communication in groups can be improved. Remember in week one, we asked you to generate a list of all the possible people with whom a health professional might communicate. Think back to your list. If you did not previously complete this activity, pause the video now and have a go at generating a list of all the possible people with whom a health professional might communicate. Some people you may have included on your list include nurses, psychologists, families and close friends, surgeons, physiotherapists, community groups, police, lawyers, pharmacists, pathologists, radiologists, occupational therapists, and that's just to name a few. The list can get quite huge. The very nature of working within the health profession means that you are frequently likely to find yourself needing to work with other people, both other health professionals and non-health professionals. It may be the case that you are required to work within a group of other health professionals in order to provide assistance to and to meet the needs of a person. What is a group? A group is a collection of three or more people who interact with each other. They are usually governed by commonly held objectives. One method for understanding groups is to look at different types of groups. We belong to many different groups. For example, in our personal lives, we have a family group, we have a friends group, a community group, and we have a university group, just to name a few. A reference group is a group that people use to evaluate themselves. A reference group may not be an actual one that meets together or engages in specific tasks. On the other hand, a task group consists of people who work together to achieve a common task. Another way to look at different groups is formal versus informal groups. Informal groups are formed to satisfy affiliation needs due to social and psychological forces. For example, the needs to interact with other people. Formal groups are formed to perform specific tasks and organized around institutional aims. Another method of understanding groups is to look at the interactions of groups. How do we understand the interactions of a group? We can look at several different aspects of a group in order to generate an understanding of the group. For example, we can look at the content of task. This is what the group is working on, typically why the group has formed in the first place. Or we could look at the process. The process of a group is how the group works together. Another area we can use to understand groups is to look at the stages of development. Groups typically go through specific stages of development and the current stage of development may give us insight into understanding the interactions of the group. The functionality of a group can be viewed as a spectrum with functional at one end and dysfunctional at the other. A functional group proceeds smoothly towards its goals has high attendance, has a high morale, and they work together to achieve common goals. They have clear communication across all different channels. Whereas a dysfunctional group, they have difficulty achieving goals. 
They have significant member fluctuation, such as increased member turnover. They miss deadlines. They have low attendance, gossiping, and they have a lot of filing of complaints and grievances. Identifying group communication problems. Group communication problems can be categorized into three common groups. Conflicts or fights, apathy and non-participation, and inadequate decision-making. Let's look at these a little bit closer. Disagreements can make members feel uncomfortable and result in a tense atmosphere. According to Bradford and colleagues, there are some reasons why fighting occurs. Let's briefly look at them. One of the reasons is that members behave impatiently towards others, or ideas are criticized before they are even completely expressed. Members polarize and take sides, refusing to compromise. Members disagree openly on plans, objectives and suggestions. Comments and suggestions are forcefully presented. Members attack each other on a personal level. Members discredit the group. Members feel that there is something about the group that keeps it from accomplishing the goals and tasks. Members consistently disagree with the leader's ideas. Members are openly critical of one another. And lastly, rather than hearing and understanding comments, members hear disordered fragments of each other's communications. Of course, there are many other reasons why conflict, fighting and disagreements might occur. Apathy or lack of interest or enthusiasm and non-participation is detrimental to group communication in a number of ways. According to Bradford and colleagues, apathy might be caused by a lack of interest in the problem or tasks of the group, barriers to arriving to a solution, inadequate approaches or procedures to address the problem, a sense of powerlessness over final decisions, and prolonged conflict that has significantly affected the group over time. Making a decision in a group is not always straightforward. Communication between health professionals can be quite complicated. Sometimes decision making can be relatively easy with an agreement between the different health professional groups and members readily reached. Other times, decision-making is difficult for a number of reasons. Might be a fear of being wrong, or arguing between health professionals, or perhaps there's not enough information to make a decision. I have talked about various problems that might affect communication within a group. Now let's look at how we can improve communication. One way to improve communication is to have a better understanding of ourselves and others. Self-awareness is important for group participation. It is important that we understand our own personal reactions to significant interpersonal matters. One approach to self-awareness is to reflect on how we felt and reacted in past communications and interactions. Another approach to self-awareness is to assess our communication in relation to role theory or to assess whether behaviors are serving an individual's needs or interests, such as self-oriented goals, or whether behaviors are serving the purpose of the group or group-oriented goals. 
Group-oriented goals might be group maintenance goals or group task goals. Another approach to improving communication is to examine other people's responses. For example, how did they respond to different leadership styles? What are their value systems? What are their personal goals? What skills do they have? What past experience do they have? What motivates them? Understanding yourself and the other health professionals within the group is important for group functioning and cohesiveness. Another method that can enhance communication is observing and assessing the behaviour of the group. This information might include the verbal and nonverbal communication. It could be attitudes towards group members depicted through seating arrangements or other spatial cues. Common themes expressed by the group, communication patterns between individual group members, the quality of listening, or it could be the level and the quality of problem solving. In order, in order to properly assess the group's communication, it is important to understand the roles that each member takes on. A group member's role might be a group maintenance role, it might be a group task role, or it might be a self-oriented individual role. There are a few things to, a few considerations to keep in mind when providing feedback to the group. People and groups have a low tolerance for negative feedback, so timing is really important. Is the group open to hearing feedback? It is important not to overload the group with feedback. It is also important to provide feedback in a constructive manner. By now you should be able to list good communication skills. For example, sending clear messages, speaking clearly, avoiding stereotypes, maintaining a good listening posture, expressing honesty, clarifying information and so on. One way to facilitate good communication is to model good communication focusing on supportive communication. Supportive communication promotes group participation in decision-making and discussion. Let's look at the essential factors for facilitating supportive communication. The first is establishing an environment that values mutual exchange. Second is active listening is important. The third factor Grasping the full meaning of what others are saying. Number four, clarifying and checking out our perceptions of messages. And finally, by avoiding insecurities, we enhance better peer-to-peer -peer exchange. How do we deal with problem group members when supportive communication and supportive responses are not working? Problem behaviors include the aggressive, the silent and withdrawn, the shy or fragile, the domineering or dominating, the attention getter or the clown, and the bored and detached. The following slides will show these different types of behaviours and how we can deal with them. Take your time to look at them, pausing the video when needed.
addition to experiencing communication difficulties between members of a group, we may experience difficulties between different groups. Intergroup communication difficulties may arise from the similar issues that affect member-to-member -member communication, as well as intergroup tension, conflict and mistrust, and competing interests or needs. Intergroup conflict can be resolved using the same interventions described earlier. I hope you have enjoyed this brief overview of communication within and across health professionals, including identifying and resolving group communication issues and dealing with problem members. Please ensure that you review the material posted on Moodle. Thanks for listening.